0: and shine liberty loving patriots welcome to the chris ann hall daily journal chris ann hall here k-r-i-s-a-n-n-e-h-a-l-l.com where we are liberty over security principle over party and truth over your favorite personality thank you for joining us today everybody out there in youtube and facebook land and twitter we are live with you right now Thank you for everybody who will be joining us later on uh, the various platforms that we are. Welcome to the show, JC. Howdy. This is Monday uh, evening, and we are happy to be with you, and JC's walking away. (laughs) Alrighty then. I wanted to say thank you today. Uh, A special thank you to uh, Mission Barbecue, we're gonna call them kind of the sponsors of the show today I mean they didn't actually sponsor the show officially but they were very 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 nice to us and we are very happy uh, to always go there it's kind of like driving past the Krispy Kreme store with the hot sign on driving past Mission Barbecue that flavor just makes you go nuts and so Stephen Sullivan who I think he said was the one of the district managers for Mission Barbecue he was at our Mission Barbecue in Brandon and he was he was very very nice to us so I promised that I would say hello to him on air I don't know how many of you guys do Mission Barbecue do you guys are they all over the place anybody out there else do Mission Barbecue I am uh, so happy to eat there because it makes me happy to have barbecue food. JC's coming back now. Welcome back to the show, JC Hall. (laughs) So I wanted to share something with you. Uh, This is actually a, a tweet that I had put out and some new WHO guidance that's coming out. WHO, you know, the World Health Organization. And I thought this was really funny because the World Health Organization is recommending healthy people, including those who don't exhibit COVID-19 symptoms, only wear masks when taking care of someone infected with the contagion. That's kind of different than what they were doing before, right? If you do not have, this is from Dr. April Baller, public health specialist for The World Health Organization says, if you do not have any respiratory symptoms, such as fever, cough, or runny nose, you do not need to wear a mask. Let me put that up there so you guys can see that. Oh, these got all messed up. I don't even know where anything is anymore. Uh, There we go. Right there. All right. So, uh, masks should only be used by healthcare workers, caretakers, or by people who are sick with symptoms of fever or cough. How crazy is that when our own Hillsborough County, right now, is trying to resurrect all of their COVID stuff because now all of a sudden people are going out and getting the COVID tests?
1: That's basically. If you're not a doctor, you don't need a mask.
0: Yeah, if you're not a doctor or a nurse, you don't need a mask. Hello from Sacramento, Fort Lauderdale, uh, Cookville, Tennessee, Detroit, Michigan, all in the same Facebook page. (laughs) George is here, Chicago, Pennsylvania. uh, Yes, Ryan, we are uploading them to SoundCloud, but Chrisanne is a little bit behind on the shows right now, so I do apologize for that. I will get those. I plan on getting caught up this evening, so I do apologize for that. JC, all of this craziness with Antifa and with Black Lives Matter... And the destruction of our neighborhoods is making people crazy. And I wanted to share this story because I shared this story on... Is it
1: making people crazy or is this a symptom of people already being crazy?
0: A symptom of people already being crazy. I don't know, man. Is it just... It's like cocaine. It's just bringing out whatever their (laughs) natural personality is times 100. But, um... I wanted to share this story with you. I have this, this video.
1: First at six, the Lowell police chief has-
0: The videos pop up as soon as you start them. Don't you hate when that happens? Mm -hmm. So Lowell, Michigan, Lowell, Michigan police chief ousted over controversial Facebook post. JC, what is controversial? Is the fact that he was he was ousted? He was actually given the opportunity to resign. Resign by 5 p.m. or you will be fired at 5:01 p.m. So let me play this video so you can see. This is actually the local news. Been forced to resign in part over
1: his support of armed men patrolling his streets after rioting in Grand Rapids. Echoing. We're picking up in the microphone. Oh, we are. Because this is out loud.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know how to fix that. So, um, I want you to make note of, of what is happening here and what he just said. Armed men patrolling the streets after the protests, okay? Mm-hmm. Does that mean we have to have headphones to listen to it now? So armed men patrolling the streets, he was supporting armed men patrolling the streets after all of these protests. Well, you know they're not protests, though, right? So nobody arms themselves over protests. People arm themselves over people burning down buildings and mm-hmm. destroying property. So
1: So armed looters are okay people armed protecting their property is not okay that's that's what we're to understand but
0: but notice he said armed men patrolling the streets certain armed men patrolling the streets are okay Hmm. certain other armed men right so if you work for the government and you're an armed man patrolling the street it's okay but if you don't work for the government and you're an armed man patrolling the streets, it's not okay. So I'm going to continue with the video.
1: Okay, now we got no sound on
2: that. Try again. Eight hey, in Grand Rapids. They patrolled with the design Thursday. News eight's Ken Culker has the story. THIS ALL STARTED WHEN FOUR MEN ARMED WITH LONG GUNS PATROLLED THE MAIN STREET THROUGH THE CITY OF LOWELL, JUST DAYS AFTER THE RIOT IN GRAND RAPIDS. THEY PATROLLED WITH THE BLESSINGS OF CHIEF STEVE Bukula ON THE POLICE DEPARTMENT'S FACEBOOK PAGE. HE WROTE, WE AT THE LOWELL POLICE DEPARTMENT SUPPORT THE LEGALLY ARMED CITIZEN AND THE SECOND AMENDMENT. THAT LED TO A flurry OF COMMENTS AND COMPLAINTS. Bukula ALSO POSTED PHOTOGRAPHS OF THE FOUR ARMED MEN ON HIS PERSONAL FACEBOOK PAGE. QUOTE, They saw what happened in Grand Rapids, he wrote. They said it's not going to happen here. We have your backs. The city manager ordered the chief to remove his support from the police department's Facebook page. The police department on Thursday apologized on its page for what it called a, quote, ill-considered message. The city manager today refused to go on camera. But records show the city manager cited the chief for violating city policy, including conduct unbecoming of a police officer then gave him until 5 p.m. Thursday to resign or be fired at 5.01 p.m. Your actions, the city manager wrote, created an unnecessary negative portrayal of the city in some citizens' view. The city manager also admonished the chief for posts that appeared to defy the state's stay-at-home order and criticized the governor. BUGALA joined the city in 1995 and became chief seven years ago. In 2017, he was fined $1,000 after using a police computer for personal business. Last year, he was awarded a Medal of Valor for- Oh, sorry. ...for rescuing a swimmer. Today, a longtime antique store owner on Main Street supported the chief.
1: He was doing his job
0: as best he could. It's the right for people to bear those arms. If people have a problem with it, there's a different place you have to go for that. But- Now, I want to show you something, JC, because- This is actually (coughs) Michigan law. Let me show you this, the picture that I have um, of these guys. They showed it on the, uh, there we go. (coughs) Excuse me, I'm coughing all of a sudden. So you see these men, they're carrying long rifles. And I wanted to to point out how the news kept saying they were patrolling, they were armed men patrolling the streets. When they contacted the police chief, he says that they they, uh, contacted him and said, these fine young men called me today. They wanted to exercise their Second Amendment rights and walk down Main Street. They saw what happened in Grand Rapids and they said it's not going to happen here. We have your backs. I thank them for letting me know they were in a town and thank them for letting me know they were in town and to call if they see something. Now, Michigan law, I looked this up. It is legal for a person to carry a firearm in public as long as the person is carrying the firearm with a lawful intent and the firearm is not concealed. Now there's no law that states you can open carry a firearm in Michigan, but there's no law that prohibits it either. And since there's no law that prohibits carrying open carrying firearms, Michigan allows, allows people to open-carry firearms. And most states that even allow you to, uh, that have regulation on open-carrying handguns allow you to open-carry long rifles. And that's what these guys were doing. So the police chief was fired for actually supporting the law.
1: And the, the city, what was it, city manager? The
0: city manager. Said it gave Michael a, Burns.
1: What was the expression about the wrong impression? Meaning yeah. the wrong impression is that this city supports the law. So the right impression is this town does not support the law. That's what the city manager believes.
0: Yep. And the city and the and the and they, the Lowell Police Department popped on after, you know, he made these posts and tried to, to back up and tried to turn it into a racist thing. Sure. Because they were four young white men carrying rifles walking down the street.
1: Now unfortunately, uh, as with as we know with police chiefs and well, most police chiefs are hired. Mm-hmm. They're not elected, yes, so is it is I guess you'd have to know the state law to know can he just can he be fired for
0: absolutely, well, I'm reason? sure he or, can well, they th- here's the thing. I don't know if he would bring a legal suit against them, but he resigned, so once he resigned, you know that kind of right. you know uh that kind of ruins that, but the city manager cited the officer. ...for conduct unbecoming of a police officer. So, in Lowell, Michigan, supporting the people's fundamental rights is unbecoming of a police officer. Now, the city manager is going to be hiring a new police chief. So, if supporting and defending people's rights is unbecoming of a police officer in Lowell, Michigan. What do you think they're going to do? How are you think they're gonna find a new candidate? Exactly what is gonna be the position of the new police chief if supporting people's rights and supporting the laws of Michigan, by the way, are unbecoming of a police officer? They said, your actions created an unnecessary negative portrayal of the city in some citizens' view. That's the quote you were looking for there, Jason. Some citizens. Yeah.
1: It's kind of like heckler's veto type thing going on there. So just a a small group of citizens who don't believe in people's fundamental rights.
0: Don't believe in the laws of Michigan. So does that mean in the city manager's eyes that the laws of Michigan... Can be overturned if enough people or ignored, right? Can be uh, if if enough people complain. So if uh, you have enough people complain about the you know uh, uh, laws against stealing ice cream from the ice cream store, I should be able to walk into the ice cream store and take all the ice cream that I want. Does that mean that the city manager is going to hire a police chief that will support people robbing the ice cream stores? I mean that's that's something that that I think is is really alarming to me and we've been talking about this JC about police chiefs about how all of this uh, I don't want to how do I say this the aggressive nature of officers nearly are most entirely happens within the police force not within the sheriff's department. Yeah, the
1: majority of these problems that people are pointing to they they end up being police not sheriffs.
0: Right, exactly.
1: And again, police are hot, police chiefs are hired, sheriffs are elected.
0: Yes, and I believe that's So here's yeah. another
1: situation where it's the city government pulling the strings. And so now they've cleared the way uh, For, you know, a guy who would defend people's property, they've moved that guy out of the way. So I think it reveals, once again, as we've seen with the media and the politicians, pretty much the the Democrat strain um, support looting and destruction of property. And so they've moved this guy out of the way, who they said also criticized the governor. So obviously he's not marching down, you know, the path of the left. So... They've conveniently moved this guy out of the way so that the agenda can float.
0: Well, here's the thing: the city manager apparently went to the Facebook page of these young men and saw that one of the young men p- posed with a Confederate flag on his Facebook page, and so that's how they're pulling all the racist tie in them, just because one of the guys, one of the guys posed with a Confederate flag. Now, if that's how we,
1: that has nothing to do with police chief statements. No,
0: no, because they didn't, okay, number one, they didn't ask the police chief, can we walk down the street with a Confederate flag and guns? Mm -hmm. So, if they had, and here's the thing, JC, because if they had asked that question, and the police chief had said, no, but you can walk down the street with an American flag and guns, now we have a violation of free speech because you cannot discriminate uh, on someone's ability to carry a flag because you don't like the perceived message of that flag. Might say, now I'm not supporting any say, message I, of any flag no, he but, say
1: he might say, well, I wouldn't do that, and here's why. I understand that you're right, but this it might be a not a good idea because of X, Y, Z.
0: right but he can't stop them from doing that. And that's certainly not reason to to call them racist or to eliminate their ability to walk down the street according to Michigan law, okay? So number one, what the sheriff said these fine men called me today. They wanted to exercise their Second Amendment rights and walk down Main Street. They saw what happened in Grand Rapids. They said it's not going to happen here. We have your backs. Thanked. I thank them for letting me know they were in town and to call if they see something. What exactly was the police chief supposed to do? Because that's my question to the city manager. What exactly was he supposed to do? In the city manager's eyes.
1: Yeah, because
0: the, they were breaking no law at all.
1: Again, he could probably say, I'd prefer you didn't. I can't prevent you from doing it. It's your right. You're not breaking the law. It's legal. Um so, you know, here's my advice. Do what you what you know, do what you decide to do. We're not gonna harass you. You know, I just I just prefer that you wouldn't.
0: I mean, but see said
1: that these but, men but didn't the even manager, have to
0: call no, see they didn't, they but didn't but if have the to say that the city manager
1: anything. wanted them to say to prevent them to stop them to arrest them to say you can not then again he would have been breaking the law the sheriff yeah. would have been breaking or the police chief would have been breaking the
0: law but these men okay so the law says you can walk down the street as long as your your intent is lawful mm-hmm. right? right the fact that these four men called the police chief does right. that not prove that their intent was in lo- was lawful yeah. and that they wanted to be peaceful so. in their activity? Mm-hmm. So, here's the thing. Number one, police chiefs are hired. Number two, and this is I this is what I've seen in our own uh, Hillsborough County, Tampa City, Florida. These city managers have way too much power way too much power. We have a situation in Tampa where the city manager just went and shut down all the parks and nobody can figure out how to open them again without the city manager doing it. I mean, seriously, that is... uh, We we need to take a look at this again because I I think, like Thomas Paine said, crises are good opportunities to... Flush out mm-hmm. what's wrong. Thomas Paine used it to to say that crises flush out people with bad intentions, yeah. bring them well, to that, light. But I think that they that these crises also work to show us where the problems are and where we yeah. can fix them and where the solutions might be.
1: Well, the flag and racism, all that, all that's a red herring. Yes, but what you what you basically have the the messaging here. Um, if you're a government agent patrolling the streets with guns—that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. If you are an American with a gun in the street, that's not okay. So Americans with guns—not okay. Government with guns—okay. That's the message.
0: Even though the law of the state, even though your mom supports- and are being a little older, they still Here's enjoy pop up. being independent. Here's my pop-up. But they do okay, need a little more. Let's just close it. There we go. <laughs> that is so annoying. But you see, even though the law supports people of Michigan walking down the streets with guns, now what we have, again, because we have become a mob mentality, JC, this preaching of democracy for so long has turned us into mob mentality. So now all we, you just have to have enough people screaming loud enough to make a change that that affects people's fundamental rights without even amending the law. So what the city manager says is that people are screaming so we're not going to even pay we're, we're not going to go through the legislative process. we're not going to go through due process. We're just going to listen to the people screaming. I think your police chiefs need to be need to be elected. I think every head of law enforcement needs to be, and I hate that word, but it's its my lazy speak, every police chief, every leader of the state trooper, I don't know what they call them, I should know that, like the captain or something, uh, and every sheriff ought to be elected by the people. Because the problems that you have when you have... Officers that are hired by government, now all of a sudden, whatever the government does, they do, they follow to keep their paycheck. Their job is not to defend the rights of the people. Their job is to fulfill the will of those in power. And that's not the premise upon which America was built. America was not built with police officers. We didn't start with police officers. We didn't start with state troopers. And I I don't know how, how to say this. JC, maybe you can help me a little bit more eloquently without making somebody mad. I don't think we need police officers. I think we should just have sheriffs and deputies. The sheriff is a constitutionally elected officer elected by the people whose purpose and oath is to support and defend the people of the county. The cities are within the counties. Why do the cities have to have a separate force? Why can't all those officers that are working for the police not now become deputies for the sheriff? Why do you have to have two separate entities? You
1: see the answer to your question. You see the reason. The reason is so they can be controlled by those government uh, agents.
0: Well, here you uh, have.
1: Map. I mean, again, you, you said you look at the comparison of uh, sheriff versus police with these problems. Well, it's also the city police are where the are in the cities. Yes. The cities are where we're seeing the problems. Yes. The cities are controlled by these governments uh, who control the police chiefs. Right. So there is the answer to your question. Why why can't they be elected? They're they're not, they don't allow that to be elected because they want, this is by design and they have to have control over their agenda.
0: Yeah. So I want to show you, this is a tweet by Matt Finn. Minneapolis City Council members just announced a veto-proof majority to end the Minneapolis Police Department, and here is their statement. Now, number one, JC, the City Council does not have the authority to end the sheriff and his deputies. See, this is why these cities have too much power. Mm -hmm. They have become tyrants over the people. Decades of police reform efforts have proved that Minneapolis Police Department cannot be reformed and will never be accountable for its actions. Do you know what I find ironic in that statement coming from the city council? The police work for the city council. So what the city council, the city manager is saying, we can't control our own employees. See, they're trying to say that the police department is out of control, but they don't realize that we know they're the ones that are supposed to be controlling it. So does that mean that we should get rid of the city council? I mean, seriously, if the city council cannot do their job, then then we should dissolve the city council. Why why do you have to have a city council? Why not just have a county commission? Mm -hmm. Why do you have to have cities as separate entities uh, separate governing bodies within the county. We are here today to begin the process of ending the Minneapolis police department and creating new transformative model for cultivating safety in Minneapolis.
1: <laughs> what model is that? Yeah. Molotov cocktails and I, I, setting cars on
0: fire. How, how is that? So are they going to let us know what that plan is? What is that plan? We recognize that we don't have all the answers about what a police-free future looks like.
1: radios. (laughs) Look at this. (gasps)
0: From the local Best Buy. Look at this, though. We recognize that we don't have all the answers about what a police-free future looks like, but our community does. (laughs) Yeah, the community does because they're the ones that are looting your stores and destroying people's personal property. Now, here's the thing, JC. You, why I put these two stories next to each other, you have people, you have like the the city manager in Michigan, you have the city council in Minneapolis, so you have the city manager in Lowell, Michigan saying, we can't have private citizens protecting their property with guns. Mm -hmm. Then we have people here, I mean these are the same people with the same ideology. They, they, they have the same brain thinking, saying, we're going to eliminate the police department. So you can't, it is, un, it is the wrong message for private citizens to protect their property. And it's the wrong message to have a police department. So that's, that's like the movie The Purge, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's funny because our community does. Our community knows what a police-free future looks like. And you know what's going to happen, J.C.? The criminals will stay in Minneapolis because they know what a police-free future looks like. And the law-abiding property owners that pay taxes, hello, city council, are going to leave. I will repeat again, J.C. I will repeat again. These people are creating environments where certain geographic locations will be politically uninhabitable. Who just gave us a donation, JC?
1: Uh, Some Gator fan, I think.
0: Oh, Gator fan. Oh, it, just fan. Flew by. Oh, yeah. it says, <laughs> that's why you ignored it. Roll Tide, I'm so fed up with the crazy BS. Nate Bama says, I'm willing and ready to be able to stand for or fight for liberty that's been stolen from us. We must stand together and never back down. Thank you so much. Roll Tide. <laughs> that's a long story. That's that's an inside joke for those of you who are long time listeners. Thank you, Nate Bama, for your donation, your super chat donation. Well so apparently bit.
1: they'll be taking a year to figure out what safety looks like.
0: Yes. That's
1: our third yes. third thing. We're gonna we're gonna take a year. We're
0: gonna take a year to identify <laughs> what safety looks like for you. Will be taking intermediate steps towards ending the Minneapolis Police Department through the budget process and other policy and budget decisions over the coming weeks and months. So it's going to take them a year to figure out how this this whole plan of cultivating safety in Minneapolis. But they're going to start cutting the mini- Minneapolis Police Department budget now,
1: which means firing firing the police.
0: Firing the police. How long do you think this lasts? Now I, I here's the thing. I, I, I just wanna put this out there, right? Because I what is that what was that um that movie that Colton used to love? Um uh The Robins Meet the Robinsons, right? Okay. And the arch villain uh used to always uh Somebody used to say to the arch-villain, I don't think you thought this all the way through, <laughs> right? I, I forget what that is, but anyway, he he was a little arch-villain and, and he always had these dynamic plans that were didn't actually work out well. And his little cohort, his little sidekick would be like, I don't think you thought that all the way through. One of his plans was to send a Tyrannosaurus Rex to catch the guy, and the Tyrannosaurus Rex had short arms and couldn't catch him, and so... I think Minneapolis City Council is like that Tyrannosaurus Rex with the little short arms. They're not going to be doing this. Because, JC, think about this now. You and I can do this logically. What else, besides protecting businesses from criminals, do the Minneapolis Police Department do? What What else do they do? I don't know. Don't they write parking tickets? Okay. Don't they enforce code and ordinances. I guess. Don't they also In other
1: words, they collect revenue for the city?
0: Yes. Exactly. They get rid of the police department. Who is going to be the revenue collectors for the city council? How are they gonna do how are they gonna enforce all their victimless crimes where they get money? You know, Mm -hmm. the whole war on drugs, their civil asset forfeiture where they make money hand over fist. Court fees, all this stuff. All this stuff is going to go down the tubes. How are they going to collect their revenue? That's why I said they're they're, they're T-Rexing their future because they're bankrupting themselves. Do they not realize how much money comes, is generated from the police department for the city? I don't know. I don't think they're thinking about this. But here's the thing that I want you to see. Remember? We're committed to engaging with every willing. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to condemn anybody for typos because I do them all the time. The community uh willin community member of the city of Minneapolis over the next year to identify what safety looks like. Now, I'm not going to play this video, but I want to show this to you. Uh, this is a video on this YouTube channel. If you're watching us on YouTube, and it's a video uh, called the safe cities network a new global initiative you want to know what minneapolis is trying to figure out what a safe city looks like you need to watch that video because what this is is a union of cities with the united nations okay They're called Strong Cities Network. You can find it at strongcitiesnetwork.org. And all of these cities and their city managers and their mayors have pledged to unite with the uh, UN to bring in solutions from a, a global international perspective. We now Minneapolis isn't part of uh, at least they're not on this list yet, of of uh, strong cities network. But Atlanta is on that list. Uh, that's actually Birmingham, UK, not Birmingham, US. But there are several cities in here. I wanted to. Uh, this is sort of a little pet peeve of mine. Atlanta, oh, so track, US.
1: Again from Nate. Safety looks like a liberty-minded American with an AR-15 and a set of balls.
0: <laughs> there you go. So we have Atlanta, United States.
1: Minneapolis.
0: Yeah, we have Chattanooga, United States. Notice how they leave the state off the description.
1: I see. Yeah, I see.
0: Isn't that isn't that rather interesting, Atlanta? As if it was an independent place in the united states because the united nations hates our states here's los angeles louisville all part of this strong cities network and so i want to encourage you to watch this video on my channel safe cities it was initially broadcasted as safe cities it is now called strong cities and this all went down in 2015. Loretta Lynch announced before the United Nations that the Attorney General's Office, in collaboration with several U.S. cities, uh, will for a glo- uh, work for a global law enforcement initiative called Strong Cities Network. This is the implementation of U.N. rules and laws on U.S. soil By bypassing Congress and circumventing the Constitution. So, you want a prediction on what Minneapolis thinks this is going to look like. There you have it. You're going to get the United Nations dictating policy in your cities. Once again, these people are going to make geographical areas... Politically uninhabitable. Uh, Barry says I saw cra- uh, ads on the Craigslist for paid protesters.
1: Yeah, no, there are websites, there are websites you can go to and sign up to to get paid to to, ger- to be uh, to protest and loot. Um, yeah. yeah,
0: that you know, is absolutely absolutely insane. So the other thing, last thing, the last half of our show, I want to dedicate to this senate bill because there's a lot of stuff going around about this senate bill jc justice in policing act and they don't have a senate bill number for it because it's brand new but this this bill justice in policing act is actually uh... I thought it had like 200 pages. This one says it has 134 pages. But to hold law enforcement, oh, Cory Booker. Okay. But Cory Booker and Kamala Harris. Did I say her name right? I always I always say it wrong. Introduce the following bill to hold law enforcement accountable for misconduct in court to improve transparency through data collection and reform police training and policies. So, number one, this bill is not the solution to our problem with police accountability. This bill only covers, and when you read it, only covers federal officers And local and state officer uh, departments that take federal funding. Right. So if you don't take federal funding, this has no teeth.
1: Because it it wouldn't be enforceable.
0: It's not enforceable. Because number one, the federal government does not have constitutional authority to govern over state and local police. Mm -hmm. I actually, JC, uh, I, I was blocked today. Okay. by a guy who called me a racist because I told him that the Constitution requires limited government. So apparently if you require limited government, you're a racist. And he, his whole shtick was that the federal government has whatever power is not denied them. Now we have to understand that's the new narrative. This is the new popular narrative. Show me where the federal government can't do that. Because if you can't show me where they can't do that, then they can do that. Because we don't show anything, we don't teach anything about delegated powers anymore. And so this bill, number one, the federal government's never delegated any authority to have any control over state and local police. I don't know if people remember JC but um I actually have an article on crisanhall.com that talks that talks about James Madison and the commerce clause and or the in the general welfare clause and all of these things where James Madison actually gives us a warning And James Madison tells us, and let me just go ahead and repeat this. James Madison says, where is it? I, sir, have always conceived, I believe those who proposed the Constitution conceived, and it's still more fully known and more material to observe that those who ratified the Constitution conceived, that this is not an indefinite government, but a limited government tied down to specific powers, right? So the new narrative is, tell me where the government can't do that, when in reality the Constitution is written so if we didn't tell you you can, then you can't. Because there's a whole lot more can'ts than there are cans.
1: So you're saying these police accountability issues need to happen at the state and local levels. Right. State legislation, not federal legislation, because federal legislation would only govern federal law enforcement.
0: Right, exactly, exactly. Madison warns us in 1792 that uh, if we allow the federal government to use the General Welfare Clause and whatever spending they have, he says, they may take care of religion into their own hands. They may appoint teachers in every state, county, and parish and pay them out of their public treasury. They may take into their own hands the education of children, establishing in like manner schools throughout the Union. They may assume the provision for the poor They may undertake the regulation of all roads other than post roads. He says, in short, everything from the highest object of state legislation down to the most minute object of police would be thrown under the power of Congress for every object I've mentioned would admit the application of money and might be called, if Congress so pleased, provision for the general welfare. So in 1792, James Madison is telling us that it's absolutely ridiculous ridiculous and absurd idea that the federal government should have authority over our local police. And yet we are getting from the media and from the politicians that that's exactly what this bill is supposed to do. Now, what's interesting, JC, is that's the rhetoric, right? We need to pass this because it's going to fix what happened uh, to George,
1: but it doesn't apply to
0: But it local doesn't police. apply it to local
1: only apply police. It to federal police.
0: And here's the thing, J.C., the Senate knows what I just read you from James Madison is true because in this bill it says it only applies to federal officers and departments that are getting federal money. So there's no plenary police power out there for the so, federal government to take control of our police departments. So
1: is this then just a... A, a a ruse in so you pass this yeah uh people don't understand the separate jurisdictions and so they think these people actually did something when they when they're actually not doing anything so they're yelling police accountability stop police brutality when this bill actually does nothing
0: it does nothing so is this
1: just a diversion to pretend they're doing something when they're not
0: it's the shuck and jive the it's the political shuffle It's moving your feet and moving your arms and going absolutely nowhere because this doesn't. Okay, first and foremost, one of the number one. Okay, number one, it does not stop. It does not control your local police unless they take federal money. And if your local police doesn't take federal money or they don't want the control, they can just stop taking the federal money. Number two, you know what it they outlaws, anyway. which they should anyway. We want all of our people to stop taking federal money. You actually, I, I, if there was one thing that I could pound in the heads of our local and state government, it costs you more money to take federal money than it is to get the handout from the federal government. Well, you
1: become a puppet of the federal government. That's that. Well, there's breeds red more tape,
0: corruption. and yeah, it breeds corruption. It, it you have unaccountability. Do you know why the city managers don't have accountability over their police departments? Because they're so yoked with the federal government, there's no control over them anymore, right? So you get them out of control of the federal government, you you reinvoke local accountability, right? Number two, the things that it outlaws, you know, no strangleholds. They're already contrary, those holds. What happened to George is not a proper hold that is taught by the academies.
1: It's already counter to policy.
0: It's already counter to policy.
1: So you, so what you have are people in the system, you know, allowing this and covering
0: and, yes. and promoting yes
1: this bad behavior rather than following. That's the whole thing. How the racism is kind of a red herring. Yeah. If if no matter what color the officer, the the victim, whoever. If the officer was following proper procedure and policy, then everybody's protected. Right. In each of these instances, you look at Tamir Rice. When the, the Tamir Rice in the uh, park was shot, he ended up having it was a pellet gun or whatever. Uh, as the officers approach, they drive right up on him, right there, like two feet away, and mm-hmm. jumps out of the car, two seconds, shoot the guy. That's not proper procedure. Right. You don't drive up that close and put yourself in that position of having to react like that. You're not right. supposed to do that. So right. you can look at the situation, you can look at all of these incidents one after another and they violate a specific policy. What now what happens is the police unions cover for these people and the police chiefs march to the the drum beat of the police union and they always stand up and say, uh, "We looked at it, and you know they followed proper procedure." When a, when a person with half a brain can look at the procedure, <clears throat> look at the incident, and say, "No, that's not true," but it's the police union that cover for the, these bad officers right. every time this happens, and the police chief falls in line with the union right. and ignores policy.
0: I want to note you to notice here. So the stuff here, is
1: already illegal. The stuff is already, already uh, against the law that, that's happening.
0: Now, the tribal, they have a section in here where the federal government thinks they can control tribal law enforcement officers. I find that particularly offensive since the uh, Indian tribes are separate nations. They're not even part of the federal government. And we ought not, and, and, and you can't, and how, how do you treat them like a territory when they're actually a, 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 a separate, independent, sovereign government? Now, um, one thing that they have in here, JC, is qualified immunity reform.
1: Now, that would be federal-level legislation, right? To, to correct what the Supreme Court has done?
0: Well, kind of. As long as you're talking about federal officers, because right.
1: so the state yeah need to mirror the
0: this. the state needs to have their own bills. They need to have their own removal of qualified immunity. Now, this because and, and I and I do this kind of uh, thing that people can't see on the radio on my face. What we have is overreach of the federal government already in the state and local arena, so that we have the Supreme Court of the United States declaring that qualified immunity applies to state and local officers, Mm -hmm. right? So we need it on the federal level to go away, but we also need the state and local governments to say we're not going to allow our officers to have qualified immunity. So when we do this qualified immunity reform, What it's saying is that when you sue an officer for civil rights violation and it's put into the federal court system, okay, so you have a local officer thrust into the federal court system based on a civil rights violation, uh, then this would apply. Okay, so no more qualified immunity. So, it shall not be a defense or immunity to any action brought under this section against a local law enforcement officer or a state correctional officer of the United... uh, uh, a state correctional officer. Uh, So, that a defendant was acting in good faith or the defendant believed reasonably or otherwise that his or her conduct was lawful at the time when the conduct was committed and the rights and privileges, immunities secured by the Constitution and laws were not clearly established at the time of their deprivation by the defendant, or that at this time the state of, of the law was otherwise such that the defendant could not reasonably have ex- been expected to know whether his or her conduct was lawful. Now, why that's interesting, J.C., because that's straight from Supreme Court opinions. That's a language straight from the Supreme Court opinion that says, and if an officer believed or reasonably believed that his conduct was lawful at the time, he's covered by qualified immunity. Or if the, uh, what they call the rights, privileges, immunities secured by the Constitution and laws were not clearly established at the time of their deprivation by the defendant, then they're qualified under immunity. Now, the second part, for the longtime listeners, the second part is what caused the Ninth Circuit to say to the Fresno Police Department, "When you stole two hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of cash and coins from these people who were found not guilty, can uh, you can keep it because the the Ninth Circuit said that the rights, privileges, and immunities secured by the Constitution or laws that that was their property and you couldn't take it." <laughs> was not clearly established by the courts, so then you have qualified immunity, right? So that's so you just have to see how hard this gets stretched. Let me see if I can just break this down a little bit simpler. The Ninth Circuit said, because we didn't tell you you couldn't steal from people, you didn't know you couldn't steal from people, so now you have qualified immunity to steal from people. Mm-hmm. That's what they said, and that's the number two clause there.
1: Smoke and mirrors.
0: It is. It's all smoke and mirrors. Now, this this qualified immunity reform is much, much needed. So this might be like the only good section in the entire thing. But remember, this has to deal with federal issues. And that's it. Just federal issues. And so this doesn't even get invoked unless somebody is sued. It doesn't... Qualified immunity doesn't protect you in a criminal case. Dark it blaze. protects you in a civil lawsuit. But here's how it works in a criminal case. If a prosecutor knows you get qualified immunity in a civil case, mm-hmm. then they're not likely to file criminal charges against you either. Right. Mm. Thank you for the donation, Dark Blaze.
1: Dark Blaze says they're trying They're trying that on the Lakota Reservation. Our chief told them to go bleep themselves.
0: Well, very good. Very good. That's what needs to happen.
1: Nate, again, uh, the globalists are so entrenched in everything. I don't see any other way to fix this problem without a fight. Yeah, it's uh, keep pushing in that in that direction, and the, and you know that's what they're after.
0: Yeah. Exactly. That is exactly what they're after.
1: I just don't think that ends well for them.
0: No. So. In summary for this Justice in Policing Act, it is just another political shuffle. Yeah. Do you know how you solve this problem? What is the solution to this problem? I mean, theres it's not just one thing, there's several things. Number one, get the federal government out of your stake and local levels. Kick them out. They're the ones that are creating these loopholes of accountability. When your officers have this, this mutual, ju- uh, <laughs> these agreements, these mutual, <laughs> oh, Mac is freaking out back there. Mac. What's my problem? When the, when your local governments have the mutual jurisdiction agreements and your officers share badges, they also share jurisdiction and the federal government has made Swiss cheese out of your rights when it comes to federal law enforcement. So your police and your sheriff have to go through more hoops to get a a warrant than your federal agents do. But when they have mutual jurisdiction, then they just invoke their little federal badge and they circumvent your rights and they circumvent the entire due process. Get the federal government out. Number two, elect your police chiefs. Turn your police chiefs. If you're going to amend anything in your state laws, your bylaws, your constitution, turn your police chief into an elected representative of the people, or put everybody under the sheriff. And JC, you had a suggestion with the unions.
1: Well, it was it was uh, from Joe, our friend Joe Ested, has talked about it. The uh, requiring. Requiring uh, the officers to have personal liability insurance, and so then their mm-hmm. rates would be based on their conduct, and you have to be bonded and insured uh, to be a peace officer. Yeah. So.
0: Well, and as an uh, attorneys have to be have to have malpractice insurance. Doctors have to have malpractice right. insurance. Everybody has to have insurance. But because you know why they don't? You know why police officers don't have insurance?
2: Because
1: the taxpayers foot the bill. Because taxpayers foot the bill, and that's the whole point. So, you know, some of these bad officers, um, they laugh this stuff off, when they mm-hmm. they get off, and oh, I got a paid vacation. And yeah. the, the taxpayers are footing the bill. I mean, yeah. taxpayers have paid out over a billion dollars uh, in civil suits because of because of these incidents with uh, bad officers. Yeah, yeah. So I, I like I like that idea, and then. Um, Uh, Also, um, what we we talked about before um, just slipped my mind. Distracted me with this. Sorry. Weird thing you have going on there.
0: (laughs) I was Um, trying to get that. It's not there anymore. So.
1: Yeah. So anyway.
0: Well, and unions. I I don't believe in public sector unions. You know, I don't believe there should be public sector unions, but if you're going to have public sector unions for collective bargaining, then it has to be limited to salaries and benefits. They cannot be collectively bargaining uh, to allow our officers to engage in conduct beyond policy uh, and criminal conduct and be protected by it because that's what's happening.
1: Yeah, it's crazy how that's how we ever got to the point where that's okay that a union can make up different laws mm-hmm. uh, that okay our, our members, you know don't have they, they won't be prosecuted in the same way they they don't you know due process is different i mean mm-hmm. they've created an entirely new system we give them power to unions right. who, who who elected a union what is a union and so this this just like <laughs> really the private corporate clubs just like Democrat and republicans uh, well, but they, the are, and, yeah, they, they are they're political entities. yeah, they
0: use the excuse of collective bargaining. Uh, they use the excuse of collective bargaining and then they turn but they're in reality political powerhouses right. and that's the part of the union that needs to be shut down. Collective you don't need to be a political powerhouse to engage in collective bargaining for salaries and benefits. That's not what your purpose is. So thank you so much for joining us today, guys. Uh, we're so always so uh, happy to have you here with us. Uh, join us again tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, we're also on your uh, podcast dial as well. God bless. See you tomorrow.